Commerce and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. Boom, 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 and boom. Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio, your daily audio dojo of mojo. And today we are talking about how to push through failure, the four powerful principles you need to know to push through failure. But Dr. Z, before we get into the stuff, I just want to say I appreciate you uh, standing while we, while we recorded today's show. I appreciate you standing the entire time we're recording today's show. I just want to point that out. You, you did a great job. I, I will not be taking a knee today during the show at any time. Awesome. And and can we talk about can we talk about it? I know this well, isn't a political well, and, and, show. And a I know show of unity. We're all standing right now. I know. While we're should recording. we lock arms while we record? I don't know. Would, would it feel? Would you feel better? About Why don't it? we go around the the horn and we each offend half of the audience? Do you know what I mean? So that way, we, by the time we're done, there will be nobody who is not offended. Because really what happens is, I think we're in a culture where people politically correct, uh, they want to plead the fifth and not really ever share how they feel about anything. So can I start with you, and that way you can say the most non-politically correct thing, and then I'll kind of have like a, a one-upsmanship where I'll come in with the more measured answer after you just... Lose your mind and offend at least three quarters of the audience. Okay, so what's well, your take? I, well, I've just gone back and forth in my brain. I've debated with myself because I don't think anybody else would want to, you know, listen to it. But mm. this whole idea of, you know, peaceful protesting when it's appropriate and and you know, I mean, when it's appropriate. I mean, I guess the whole thing about protesting is is that, you know, I guess you you know, the whole idea is that you get under the skin of someone that you want to get under the skin of, so that they then all of a sudden are listening to what you're protesting about and and change happens I, I guess that's how you know what I'm saying and so you know the, the debate is and and I saw it all the this whole weekend on ESPN that it was kind of an interesting debate on how it's shifted from what Colin Kaepernick first started to wanted to bring um, attention to and that is racial injustice in this country to now it's like the, all the talk is about you know how are they protesting and why are they protest, protesting that way you know what I'm saying yeah, I think uh, my, my take on it is that when Colin Kaepernick was protesting uh, against racial inequality, I don't know what would have to be done in order for him to stand up again. I don't think there's like a, like, there's nothing that anyone could do or say that would end the injustice. So I just sort of planned on him uh, taking a knee forever because I don't know that anybody could come out, the NFL, the ownership, anybody could come out and say, okay, everybody, we're now equal, so can we stand now? I don't think that could have been solved. So I kind of I thought it was an illogical argument but whatever but as far as the whole uh standing for the, the national anthem my whole my whole perspective is that uh, when president obama was in office um i really didn't agree with uh, almost anything he did that didn't uh uh make sense financially that was my whole thing if it didn't make sense financially i i kind of disagreed with the math and uh but if he was in you know speaking or if he came somewhere to a game or he was in attendance at a game or say he wasn't if he was the commander in chief and they're playing the national anthem i'm going to stand because uh, as an entrepreneur, you and I know uh, freedom isn't free, and you can't have a free market without uh, the sacrifices the military people have made. So to me, the National Anthem is more about supporting the military and the people who fought for our country and less about how I feel about who's in office. So I'm a big fan of favor of, of, of standing regardless who's in office. Um, but, may, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, Phil, do you have a strong, a strong take on this, Phil? I mean, do you, did you watch each and every one of the national anthems over the weekend. Did you watch the highlights on YouTube? 
I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, I just uh, got so sick of hearing about it. That's all I wanted to talk about. And um, I'm just like, are we going to have a game? Okay, uh, all right. Yeah. So you 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 so you you really you're just were kind of annoyed by the whole thing. I mean, you don't, you what's your do you have a strong opinion about this one way or the other? I do, I do. I I think that uh, when you're disrespecting the the people that gave you the right to protest, I have a real problem with that. I think you need to find a way to protest without disrespecting the people that that afforded you that right. Okay. Okay. You know, and I th- I thought it was interesting to um you know when Colin Kaepernick started this and there was a, a a video that came out about Jerry Jones in the locker room talking about you know hey listen you guys are entertainers you're you're entertainers and you and and you work for me and I give you your paycheck and and so as an entertainer the people come to this stadium to be entertained true and just like when I tell you to run this particular play right you don't say well we're not going to run that play because we're going to protest. You know, you, know, you know, when I say, hey, you're going to pass the ball to this guy, you know, the quarterback says, okay, sir, right? I mean, right. at some point, you know, because they are being paid to perform as entertainers. I mean, that's what football is. It's entertainment, right? right? I mean, it's, it's not, you know, life or death. I mean, we're not, you know, this isn't gladiators back in the day. Well, here's where it's going to get fun is in America, you really, you, we can talk about voting, but you really, you vote with your wallet. And so what's happening is these NFL uh, stadiums, I'll give you an example, like the Chiefs, um, the the the, uh, the Chargers or you know the LA's new team there. Um, you have the Redskins. These different stadiums. I mean, you think about the NFL teams. What percentage of the average attendance is either former military, you know, veteran, uh, current military, their families in the military? A lot of these, you know, people who are attending the games have a military connection, and in droves, people are not going to the games, and so you're actually seeing attendance starting to be impacted by this. So it'll be interesting to see the progression because I think as more and more teams are kneeling, I think less and less uh, blue-collar fans are going to show up, and I think eventually it's going to get weird. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and you know, like I said, then Jerry Jones in the, in the locker room said, hey, listen, you guys are going to, you know, here's how you're going to do this for this part of the entertainment process, right? Right. And it's kind of like, you know, if I had an employee, and uh, if I said, here's the, the dress code. The dress code. You know, you have to wear scrubs and clothes and uh, clothes. I don't want to wear pants. I don't want to wear pants at all. I used to not wear I, pants at all. Right. And and they could show up with some outlandish costume on or yeah. T-shirt or like you just said, no pants. And go, pants what's free. up with this? And pants like, free. Well, I'm pants protesting. Free. Yeah, pants I'm, I'm fr- protesting something. The, and the then, tyranny of pants. And then now as the as the as the employer, then I have then I'm now faced with what do I do? Which you know? which leads us into our first question from a thriver today before we get into today's topic of how to push through failure. If you have any business questions at all, you can email us, info at thrive15.com. And this is the question that came in hot from a clinical psychologist who uh, manages a large team of people. And he manages people, and many of the doctors that he manages um, are contractors meaning that uh, they maybe get patients all through the same place, but, Z, they're basically self-employed people. And uh, some of these contractors have decided to not do their job or effectively manage their time. So apparently they're not showing up on time for things, and they're not doing what's required in their job. Are they, are they protesting something? Uh, they're not protesting, okay, but they are, but they are uh, contractors. And so the question was asked by this doctor, how do you manage contractors who are not choosing to be good at time management and not doing their job. So I guess starting from the, what do you say when, it, when, it, when you initially see the infraction, and then how do you hold them accountable if they are, in fact, a 
contractor, but the, but they're doctors. They're doctors who are contractors. Well, you the way you hold them accountable is with any employee, just like we were talking about earlier. I mean, if someone shows up and they don't wear what you tell them to wear and do what you tell them to do and perform the way you tell them to perform, you they no longer are on your team. You fire them. You release them. You say, I'm going to get somebody else to do that job. What if the person's listening? I'm just trying to ask the questions I think this person may be asking. If okay. he's saying, okay, well, I don't really have a backup plan yet, and maybe he hasn't even told them that it's an issue. I mean, maybe there's a problem, right? Because yeah. we don't know the whole context. If, if The first time someone is, let's say, 20 minutes late to a meeting with you, late enough where you know they chose to be late and they didn't call, and the time management is an issue, what words would you say the first time, Z, when that actually happens, when someone chooses to be late or to not follow your systems? I would say, did you, were you not aware of the time? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is 12, uh, 10, but I, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I just got caught up in traffic. And, and is this an employee of mine? This is a contractor who is a doctor. So they're a doctor, but they somehow get patients from your system. Okay, but they're an employee. Yeah, Dr. Clark over here. I mean, you're, you're either an employee or you're not. I mean, if you're on my team, right? When How I pay you, and whether it's a 1099 or a W-2, or I mean, that, you're just getting fancy now. I mean, an employee's an employee, right? Okay, so I'm saying to you, I'm saying, Z, Z you know, I, I, knew, I did know I'm supposed to be here at 12, and I just, about 10, you know, I guess I'm about 20 minutes behind when I told you I'd be there, but this whole, the whole traffic thing over here by the Riverwalk, man, and Jinx, the traffic, the, Z, have you seen the traffic? The traffic here today is just huge. Well, I mean, obviously, if they're kind of new to the system, they're new to me, I would, I would let them know the importance of being on time, how important that is, because there's a lot of things. And when, if you're late, then everything, that's just a domino effect of being late throughout the day. And I don't put up with that. So I'm going to give you a warning. Please don't do that again. And in the back of my mind, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be suspect of this person. So the first time, it's kind of that velvet hammer Yeah, first time, it's kind of like the velvet hammer. It's a, you know, it's a soft... It's a soft blow to the head. I mean, it's nothing too second major. Time, you know? Second time. So it's like, you know, three days later, and I'm supposed to be here at 12, and now I'm here at uh, 12, 11. 12, 11. I said, hey, hey, hey. And I try to walk in all cool, like you don't know that I'm late. So I'm like, yeah. hey, 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 good to see you. How you doing there? And everybody's waiting on me. Hey, everybody, how you guys doing? How you doing? What would you say to me then? Well, same thing. I mean, probably, uh, here's what I would do. What I typically do is I, I velvet hammer until I fire them. Oh, so it's so, kind of Yeah, what I do is kind of kind of going, hey, uh, we're you know late again. And sometimes I don't even point it out. Kind I of just this look sound. at them and I go, you know, uh, yeah, just a little. Just a, little, a, little just a little tap, tap. A little, little, little. You know, how's your father? And uh, <laughs> I, I would say that uh, at some point, you know, you put up with that stuff as long as you want to. I mean, sometimes you have a rock star employee. I right. Mean, a rock star employee. Right. And, and, and I know this sounds crazy, but you put up with a little bit more jackassery from them than you do someone who's not a rock star. Like Charlie Sheen. Like Charlie Sheen. Like you might put yeah, up with Charlie there. Sheen <laughs> more. Yeah, because he was so funny and fit that. I mean, he didn't even have to act. I think that was really him. I think, right, Robert, I think, I think Robert Downey Jr. is another example. I mean, this guy had a lot of personal problems, but he was a phenomenal actor. And so they put up with it for a while. I think there's a lot of times you, you put up with a rock star, maybe more Z, than you'd put up with uh, a bottom feeder. But yet you, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are saying, well, what about the hypocrisy? Shouldn't you treat everybody equal, Z? Shouldn't you treat everybody? No, I, I know we all want to, to think that we're all equal, but we're not. What? Is that surprising? I don't know. I just, I thought we were always, I thought, I thought Phil and I were exactly equal in all areas. And now I realize that he is actually more superior to me in every area. Mr. Pickle. No, okay. it's, it's the thing about it is, is that we're not, and people, you know, and that's why when you show up to work, some guys just show up to work, maybe they're a few minutes late um, on a regular basis, but when they're there, they're a rock star, they bring the heat, they get a lot of bring stuff done, 
And what you might do is say, hey, hey, bro, can you do me a favor? You know, it's really a bad example for the rest of the guys. I mean, you're, you're so awesome. I don't want to have to whack you. And can you set your alarm like 30 minutes earlier than what it is at your house? <laughs> now, now when, is it, when is it time when you get out the cowbell and you say, oh, yeah. Okay, it's okay. time to let the person go. And when it is time to let the person go, what are the specific words that you say? Help well, the thrivers. I'm going to save you hours and hours and hours of frustration and aggravation. First of all, you've already got plan B in place. Right. And what that means, you've already, you've already hired the next guy. You maybe even have the next guy trained or, or gal. Um, but you have done, here again, what's best for the business. So now you've got, when you let this person go, you already have, you, know, you don't let them go and go, oh, now i got to go hire somebody. That's no good. That's no good. That's no good. That's not so strategic. Sometimes you put up with something for maybe a month or two because you have to for the business, all right? Uh, and then there's, there's, there's a golden sentence you say as you're letting someone go that will free your mind. Free your mind. And it will, you will, I tell you what, if you use this strategy. This one right here. In firing somebody, the one I'm getting ready to tell you. Come on. The now. one that you're, the one I'm going to get ready to tell you. If you use this strategy, you will... Uh, It'd be like a dove landing on your shoulder. There'll this be could be powerful. A dove landing. Does, does, does the dove poop? Well, doves are known to poop, but they won't poop on your shoulder <laughs> this now. This is a poop-free dove. If you don't use this strategy, <laughs> you'll have hours and hours and hours of frustration. Oh, wow. I know. And when I get back, I'm going to oh, tell you. you I'm going to break it down. I'm going to break it down. You're keeping, you're, keeping, you're keeping Phil in suspense. You're yeah. keeping Eric in suspense. You're keeping everybody in suspense. Z, there's a lot of suspense here, my friend. I'm very, very excited about hearing about this dove. It's a poop-free dove. That could end all of your business management problems. These are the words that you need to say when it's time to let somebody go. My name is Clay Clark. I am a business coach. You're listening to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Stay tuned for the super move that you can use. And now back to the only business coach radio show that mentally intimidates Chuck Norris. This is me against the world. Thrive Nation, welcome back to The Conversation. It is the Thrive Time show on your radio, the show where we give you the super moves that you can use to make your business improve. So many entrepreneurs out there find themselves in these situations where they say, I don't know what to do now. And you have two options. You can learn from uh, mentors, Z, or you could learn from mistakes. And so we had a Thriver who emailed us, info at thrive15.com. This is a clinical psychologist, and he said he's got some members of the team that are refusing to be on time and to do their administrative tasks. They're just refusing. They know what to do. Now, remember, if you're a clinical psychologist, rumor has it you have to have gone to some schools. I mean, you have to go to maybe you went to Long RSU weekend in Puerto Rico. Or, yeah, or a yeah. long weekend in Puerto Rico. You had to go to some school. So it's not a thing where they chose. Uh, it's not a thing where they didn't know what to do. They've now, it's clearly established that they've chosen not to do it. And we're working off the assumption that you have been direct and candid with them. And you've told them in a velvet hammer nice way that uh, this is not acceptable. And now the time comes to, uh, Z, whack the mole. Yeah, whack the mole. And so we have, you know, earlier in the first segment, and the good thing about the Thrive Time Show, if you miss anything, you can always go back and go to our website, thrivetimeshow.com where we put every radio show as a podcast. So you can oh, share yeah. with a friend. You can listen to it late, late at night. You could send it to an enemy. Yeah, you could, you could send it to an enemy. You, hey, you enemy. could. Check this out. This hey, one. Check, 
Check this out. They're talking about your dysfunction today. They're talking about you. This, this is for you, yeah, Mr. This Enemy. Is not about you, Mr. So you were saying before the break that when it's time to let the person go, There's you have the super move. Five magic words that you use, and you use these words alone. Okay. And they will they will bring you harmony and peace to your life. Let me get my cowbell ready. I want to get because my... if you don't use these words, what happens is you get into an argument, you get into a discussion, and next thing you know, you look up. It's two hours. And you're still trying to get rid of this person out of your office, right? So you've, you've decided to let them go. You've already decided that. You decided to let them go. Boom. So there's no changing your mind. There's none that's done. You've already rehired and got somebody else in place to do their job. And now when you meet with them, you say these five magic words. Wait a second. You're saying you should have somebody in place before you whack them all? Absolutely, because that's what's best for your business. Okay, here Remember, we go. Let me get my cowbell ready. What's best for your business? Let me get my cowbell ready. You're going to give me a little... <laughs> and now, without any further ado, the five magic words to let somebody go are... It's just not working out. I let it. I just take it in. I take it in. I I'm processing. That that that, that felt better than I thought it would feel. Well, some oh. people think it's mean. It's not really mean. You're, people say, well, well, don't you need to tell them why they're being fired? No. Nope. Uh, don't you need to try to fix them on their way out so they can be a better employee for their next employer? We could go to jackassery therapy mm. sessions. We could, we, could, <laughs> <laughs> we could go to driving school so you can learn how to get here on time. Oh, we <laughs> could do it. We could go to the time management therapy. Listen, there's We could so be like Kim Jong Young and said all the clocks 30 minutes different than Is they that were. guy going to fire off a shot? I don't know. Okay. No, <laughs> I shouldn't have gotten there. I'd get you fired up. All right. So, Thrive Nation, you heard, you heard the moves. Now, Eric Chuppin, he's... No, wait a second. So we'll, I'm going to break it down just a little bit more. He's breaking so it down. It's just not working out. And what that does is keeps you from them then saying, oh, well, why? Because anything you why? tell them, somebody else has done on your team. Oh, why? And they'll why point not? it out and sit there and want to argue with you about it. I was it. not aware. If they use I the move, not, this is kind of the backdoor move, well, tell me what it is so that I can fix myself so I'll be better next tell time. Tell me what it is That's so a I trap. can fix myself. That's a trap. It's a trap. It's Luke, a tra it's a trap. Watch out. Luke. Don't step in that bear trap. It'll get you. Um, and so what happens is you can sit there all day long. You've already decided to let them go. Yeah. You, you don't need to spend any more energy on this person. None. None. And so you need to be focused now on going forward with your business and doing the new things you need to do that day instead of sitting there trying to fix or conjole or, you know, they're going to do the whole kind of breakdown move on you. Well, I didn't know. I didn't really know you meant that. I mean, they'll... They always have three three moves. Get ready. When people choose not to do their job, they always have three moves. Move number one is you just say, the employee will tell you, I did not know what I to do. Know. I yeah. did not know there was there was some kind of mis miscommunication, yeah. but I, I just did not know. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, okay. So now you're like, well, who who's been yeah. who hasn't been guilty of not knowing? I mean, you know. right. And then right. The, the other one is, oh, I forgot. I say, like, oh, I forgot. I mean, I just have forgot. we all I, forgotten? I something mean, we've all forgot something. something. I mean, when was the last mm. time you didn't forget something? Something. And then the the third is is the uh, the emotional move. And for for women, when they get pulled over, a lot of women when they get pulled over, there's a there, woo woo, and you're speeding by 15 miles, and you're gonna get a, a ticket. There's a lot of women who can force cry. Be beware of this, by the way, the force cry. And then for guys, it's a lot of that false aggression. It's a lot of that intimidation. A lot of that angry eyes. But I'll tell you, a guy who doesn't use any of those moves, it's Eric Chupp. Eric Chupp, he's one of the Thrive Time Show business coach. He's a phenomenon. And Eric, you have a question from one of the Thrivers out there. What is the question, my friend, for Dr. Z? I'm just so emotional right now, Claire. Get it together, I Chuck. Get it, Stop get it crying. I forgot that I was crying. supposed to bring get a question in. No. Um, I'm working with a doctor in Oklahoma City, and he was wondering what uh, your guys' take would be on hiring doctors. So go the employee route, and what are the benefits of that, versus the uh, contractor route, and why that might be better, if, if it is. Here we go. Well, here's the thing about it. There's there's things out there called laws. Oh! And, wait, 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 and, wait, wait, wait. Laws? Laws? Laws, laws and... and uh, 
things that the IRS want, rules that they want you to follow closely. The earth, man. Or, Can we uh, protest the those? Earth, I tell you what, come on. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, knee, I'm gonna take a knee right now just because I'm gonna protest them. <laughs> I'm yeah. just out of breath. I'm just gonna do it right I, now. I, I, was, I, was I want everybody out there to know I, that I'm on my knee right now. Can I tell you one I'm, thing? I'm protesting what, earth. What I've been doing is I was looking through the life and times of the Isley, the Isley brothers and uh-huh, uh, yeah. Lauren Hill and various other West of Snipes. Yeah. And they, these people did not pay taxes at all. What they did is they Protest. protested the taxation. Now they have all ended badly. But I believe <laughs> <laughs> ended bad. be different this there's time. somebody out there thinking that. So what happens is is that you would say, well, the, the person being hired might go, Hey, I'd like to be a ten ninety nine or a contract because then they can in the back of their mind thinking, Oh, that'll give me some tax advantages. Oh. I can do some write offs but if he's only working there on the schedule and that's the only opposite he's working, he he doesn't qualify to be a contract laborer. Okay. Gotcha. If he has the schedule and he's only there, then he's by definition a W two. So some of that is defined for us by the tax code that's out there. So if they have any questions, they can um, wherever you're listening from at this very moment. Because like I said, it's a podcast. You could be in St. Petersburg, Russia, or you could be somewhere more exotic, like Claremore, Oklahoma, where Mm -hmm. Phil Pickle has a, a vacation home. Right. Oh, wow. Right. That's exciting. By the railroad tracks. That's right, yeah. Right. Oh, nice. Right. That's exciting. <laughs> so my point is you need to check with a local uh, tax authority and double check that you're bringing them on um, correctly and, and putting them in the right category. But for the most part, I like to make them W. I mean, W-2s is really the thing because they're an employee for the most part. Now, contract labor is really more of like a contractor that comes in and, and puts on a new wing of your house for a period of time or this type of thing. But if you're bringing someone in... Not somebody that's going to work for you for 10 years right. in the same office. Yeah, they're same. A, that's a W-2, and don't even mess with it. Don't flirt with it. I know, I know you end up paying a little bit more, but trust me, doing it the correct way, the first way is the best way. Now, Phil Pickle, you have a gift. You're a financial planner. You, you are a gift, but you have a gift for all the listeners. You have you this thing called the Safe Money Book. Walk, walk us through. What's the Safe Money Book, and why are you giving it away to all of our listeners? Well, basically, the Safe Money Book is going to show you how to keep your retirement funds safe. And There's a lot of things going on in the world, and uh, we can't predict the future. So wouldn't it feel good to know that your retirement plan is secure and is going to be there when you need it? It would feel good. You ah, said it there. I woke up in the fill. Right, right, right. Now, Phil, how do I get a copy of this book? Where do I go? Uh, you can go to our website, myanchorgroup.com, or give us a call at 918-591-2880. It's myanchorgroup.com. If you want to get a copy of Phil's book called The Safe Money Book, Learn How to Protect Your Financial Assets. When we come back, we're talking about how to push through failure. Four powerful principles. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is, my name is Clay Clark. And I am a business coach. Do you want to learn how to build a successful business? Or do you want to live in a red van down by the river? In a van down by the river. In a van down by the river. In a van down by the river. Oh, there's a lot of excitement there. See, people want to live right here by the Jinx Riverwalk. They want to get a van. They want to live right there by the river. I don't understand the phenomenon. People want to live right here by the Jinx well, Riverwalk. Well, you know, the Arkansas River that we are on the left coast of doesn't always have water in it. So at times, it's beachfront property, and then it also becomes waterfront property the next day. So, I mean, it's it's both, and that's... That's exciting. It, that has value. It's premium. Had, premium. Speaking of value, yeah. now, Phil, you just bought a new house... And apparently you have a vacation home in Claremore for the <laughs> listeners. Is that right? That is correct. That is Can correct. you tell us about this beautiful vacation uh, retreat? I mean, think about Claremore. I mean, that's like... 
kind of three syllables, Claire uh, Moore. Uh, three right. syllables, one house. Tell us more. Well, you know, um, four bedroom, two acres, all brick, and it, and you can hear oh. the low whistle of the train in the in the distance. It's beautiful. <laughs> no way. Nice, nice. Well, if you want to learn wow. more about that, go to myanchorgroup.com. Uh, you can book if you if you. I tell you what, if you book your vacation de- destination there in his at his Claremore vacation home, you will be the first person to book. So that's. I exciting. know we're joking right. about it, but what's right. the story behind this home, Pickle? I didn't. hear Well, it. I bought another home, and my current home is for sale, and it's in Claremore. So now I have a vacation home. There's oh, a, now you have. Are you going to VR? So what you're trying to sell this home? There's no brainer right. offer. Yeah, he's oh, trying to get okay. a no brainer. That is correct. Oh, okay. First okay. week is free. <laughs> you hear the low, you really have, the low to, whistle of the. <laughs> we're trying to appeal to people whose brains are not active who would actually want to book an extended stay. Okay, so <laughs> principle number one today of how to push through failure. Babies don't feel emotionally like failures when they fail to walk for the first time. The feeling of dejection the dejection is, in fact, a learned behavior. Now, dejection, the definition is a sad or depressed state, low spirits. So as an example, when uh, SpaceX was started, Elon Musk had this idea. He says, the United States uh, NASA program is really on the decline, and we need to come up with a reusable rocket that could send goods up to space and then land and be reused. And so he came up with this concept of the Falcon 9 rockets. Now, Z, this is a little fun factoid for you. Every time that he shoots up one of those rockets and those bad boys blow up, it's hundreds of millions of dollars down the toilet because he's not subsidized by the government. He's got to operate this thing at a profit or close to. I mean, it's his Z, but he thought he, could, he thought he could do it. Yeah, and, you know, good for him. I mean, he found a problem. I, he, I love it. You know, that's what entrepreneurship is, curiosity. You find a problem. Hey, hey, they, you know, they keep sending these ships up there and these rockets, and they just they never reuse them. Why don't we reuse them? And so I, uh, what happened was on September, I believe it was 17th, for the first time ever, he's released footage of the failures. Because they're far enough in the past where he thought, okay, what's, they weren't funny at the time, but let's go ahead and release these things, these rockets uh, blowing up. And it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal testament to what it's like to, uh, it was September 14th the videos came out, but what it's like to be an entrepreneur and seeing, I mean, he was, he, he was a billionaire, but to see a quarter of your savings blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> and, Ouch. Yeah, and apparently uh, after the third time it had blown up, you know, one of his leading technicians pulled him aside and said, hey, uh, what do you want to do? And he said, well, let's make the next one. And they're like, but we won't have the money to make another one after this one blows up. And he says, we're going to make this bloody thing work. And he, there's a bunch of other colorful uh, expletives he uses to explain <laughs> the situation. But he explains there is no way and boop that we're not going to get this boop and ro- rocket up into boop and it's going to happen. I mean, it was a lot of a lot of cursing going on there. But Z, he was determined. I tell you what, Clay, me and Jed, we take we take a fourth of our income every July fourth, and we buy bottle rockets and, and fireworks, and we we just fire that stuff right on them, just watch it blow up right in front of us. See, I want to ask. Tell you what, we take a, and sometimes it's half our half our paycheck. I mean, half our net worth. Um, first first thing here, but uh, Phil Pickle, we only communicate on a CB because we're <laughs> because we're, we're truckers. Uh, oh. So I have a question for for Phil, the real financial tip here. Would you recommend taking a quarter of your net worth and buying uh, fireworks, or would you recommend buying premium smoothies at Quick Trip? Some about fireworks. Well, well, a quarter is quite a bit. You may want to save some for the fair. And oh, the fair. Yeah, that's coming <laughs> up uh, this that's weekend. The other, that's the other quarter. Uh, Thank final you. financial question for, for Phil. Uh, while currently married, do you recommend uh, meeting up with women at the fair? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, financial <laughs> tips Whoa. from Phil. Okay, financial so, fair tips. Okay, nice. Okay, so there's another example of a business that struggled. Microsoft in 1975. He, uh, Bill Gates, young guy, he, desi- he decides to develop a program uh, that he's going to sell basic interpreters to this company uh, called Altair that made this computer. Well, it took him six years later, Z, to get a contract with IBM. Z, six years. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can't handle the idea of staying focused on one idea for six years like Bill Gates or five years like Elon Musk with SpaceX. Five and six years. It's amazing how many of the top businesses out there today didn't make, any, I mean, Amazon, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, Apple, I mean, a lot, yeah. a lot of them, uh, um, even even our little friends over there, over there at uh, FedEx. FedEx. I mean, it took FedEx forever, took like over a decade. Years. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, see, I mean, Google, as an example, Google started in 1996, but in 1999, almost no one had heard of it, and they're not making any money. See, three years later, I mean, if someone's listening here today, how do they decide whether they should keep pushing forward or whether their idea is insane? I mean, how do they decide, like, as an example, you might have somebody who has a, a concept that at no point is grounded in reality, but they're passionate about it. Uh, you know, somebody who's a, a passionate finger painter, and they want to take over the world by teaching dogs finger painting finger lessons. Paint. Yeah, teaching dogs how to finger paint um, you know, while under the influence of narcotics. That's their business plan. And then somebody else. Well, I, I, think I, mean, how do you, I think that's a great question, a great question. And that's why really great mentorship, i.e. a business coach, can really be helpful. And, and Clay, how many, you think about it, how many people out there right now are listening going, you know, I, my business, I shut it down because after three years or two years or the idea that I had, how many of those, if they had just hung in there a little bit longer, would now be the next Amazon, would now be the next Uber, would now be the next fill in the blank, you know? Well, think, FedEx. About, think about this, Z, you know, with Facebook, he actually started the program originally called Face Mash. And uh, it had a really dirty purpose, so I won't get into that. But three years later, he called it the Facebook, and they had lost three point six three million dollars, which so is a lot of money for a college kid. Yeah, I mean, they spent three point six three million dollars for the Facebook, and he really didn't have any traction until you know, like the fourth year. So I think if you're listening here today and you feel stuck, the best thing you could do is go to ThriveTimeShow.com. Go to ThriveTimeShow.com. It's okay. I'll wait. It's awkward. It's live radio. Go to ThriveTimeShow.com and book your tickets for the in-person workshop. Because, Eric Chupp, you're a business coach, Mm -hmm. and you've met chiropractors, doctors, dentists, lawyers, people in all different industries uh, who were once stuck. Can you brag on the guys with the gun gun coding? Can you explain what they do? Yeah. So um, Brothers in Arms, Brothers in Arms, they brosinarms.net. In case you have access to this new internet trend, um, they do microfilm ceramic coating on firearms and high heat objects like motorcycle exhaust and things like that. And so, you know, they, they were feeling kind of stuck. They were doing good. You know, they've been in business for a few years, but we had to come up with their marketing strategy and get everything going with them. And now they're getting anywhere from 10 to 20 leads a week, spending 50 bucks, and they're just rocking and rolling. When we come back, I want you to brag on the guys at Keystone Harbor oh, and talk guys. about their successes yep. because, again, there's a lot of business owners we're working with who are established, but maybe they reach a plateau They're maybe semi-stuck, and we can help you get unstuck. And that's what we're all about here at our in-person workshops and on each and every broadcast. My name's Clay Clark. You're listening to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And today, Z, we are talking about how to push through push. failure. How to do it. Push, push. Without the use of I'm steroids. I'm pushing nothing. I'm just making a push sound, by the way. He's actually pushing. I can see it. Uh, y- your ability to make that push sound is, is 
awkwardly accurate. I think I'm going to pass out. I'm a business coach. Somebody get that guy a medic. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the center of the universe, it's business school without the BS. Featuring optometrist-turned-entrepreneur, Dr. Robert Zellner, with USSBA Entrepreneur of the Year, Clay Clark. I know exactly who you could be, so just hold on, we're going home. Just hold on, we're going home. Thrive Nation, welcome back. Here is the situation. You want to start a business. You, as in 57% of America, wants to start a business. And so you have found your show. It's Business School Without the BS. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former U.S. SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. And to my right on the mic is Dr. Robert Zellner. This guy started an optometry clinic 25 years ago right here in Tulsa after previously working at iMart. Then he went on and took the fruits from that business to start. What was the next one, Z? Uh, the next one I did was an auto auction. So you started Z66AA, but that was your, your first auction. Yeah, Tulsa Auto Auction. Then uh, I started a that. sleep center. Yeah, sleep center. Dr. Okay. Z's sleep, sleep center. center. Diagnostic oh. sleep center. And, uh, and kind of get that? What you was the that? next one? That. Um, I think my horse ranch probably came in next. The doctor, I mean, the Rock and Z Ranch. And where what I was the next one? And race thoroughbreds, and then A to Z medical. And then what was the next one? Uh, Madison medical. And then what was the next one? Uh, I feel like you thrive15.com. When did I you hope. invest in the bank in there? When was oh, that? oh yeah, Region in there. Yeah, I became a, a, a board of directors of a bank, um, invested in a bank. Uh, we bought it, and that was nineteen. It was actually the worst time ever to buy a bank. Um, Sean Copeland talked me into. I was like, he came to me trying to pitch me to. to bank with his bank and i said i said well let's just go buy a bank and he looked at me and he goes i actually that's awesome let's do it so we <laughs> the, rec- the recession's we're, coming yeah. let's do it now let's do it. yeah I'll buy it right now and then everything falls off the table next year so it's like 97 98 we bought it and it was just like we hung on the first couple three years because it was you know it was tough i mean it was everything was i mean it was tough you know now z z when did you get rich quick what was the day was it a tuesday it was a Tuesday, August the fourth, uh, nineteen. Was what foggy? The year of our Lord, uh, two thousand and two. No, the, I, I, the fog came in, and you just knew you're like, man, I got this idea, and then you put it on YouTube, and it went viral, and then all of a sudden, money cameth. Or, the, or you it, hit the lottery ticket. That's yeah, another good, well, that's another good way to so get you rich. Were, you right were you were looking in your mirror, attracting money. You were just attracting. You had the right mindset, and and then you you just went viral. And the money came in because of the of the mindset. Yeah, you know it's funny because in my business and my businesses, uh, and, and you know my core business and then my other business, it's just kind of a slow grind. You know, you just kind of look up one day and you go, "Oh wow, I, well, look what I, wow, this is cool. Look at what I have." I've had buddies of mine that were attorneys. You know, and they had these big, huge licks and then nothing for months. Huge licks. Big, huge lick and then nothing Boom. for a month. And I go, that may be harder to manage. Uh, you know, kind of to. Wouldn't you say they're Mr. Pickle? Kind of harder yeah. to manage. I mean, if you get like these, you know, lawsuit and you get a big chunk of my buddies that are attorneys right. and they're like, and they kind of get the mindset that's coming in all the time. They go out and they kind of do like a like an NFL player. You just start blowing money and then, right. then, then Phil, it stops. Not then talking about, Phil, not talking about your clients, but Phil Pickle, you are a financial planner. I'm sure you other people's clients. Have you noticed that attorneys tend to be poor financial managers? Uh, I have noticed that. I've seen this a lot, where yeah. they just spend a ton, like you mentioned. See, they get a lot. Yeah, they get it. a big lawsuit yeah. in. They think, well, I get another one next month, and then it's six months later, and they, you know, haven't had a big paycheck again. So that must that would be harder for me, Clay, 
in my life and just the way I am to, to budget. I mean, it's more of a challenge because you don't really know what's coming. Mine, I have a budget and I kind of know what's coming. You know, it's a slower grind, but it's every day a grind, every day a grind, every day a grind. And so, Phil, what would you recommend if someone is out there listening they say, listen, I have a business and I get big chunks of money at random times. How do they, how do they manage that? How do they get their head wrapped around that? Well, I would, I would first like them to get uh, big chunks consistently, but barring that happening, um, you just really have to have some self-control. Um, I, I see this a lot with, with Come on. my agents. They will... Um, with your Asians? Your a- no. This is not a racist... Whoa, whoa, whoa. We are not a racist show. I feel I, no I, I didn't know if you were... You're <laughs> <laughs> very politically charged environment, Phil. I, right, right, okay, okay, right. fine. If that's what you're going to do, I'm, I'm taking a knee. I'm no. taking a knee. I'm standing. Okay, I'm back to you. Your agents. A- A-G-E-N-T-S. Okay, thank agents. You. There we go. Oh, agents. That's a whole different That's right. a whole different thing. Okay. Right. Well, very, very politically sensitive here, okay? I'm just trying. Boy, you are an edge. Phil, stop attacking all the white people on the show. Right. Back right. to you. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, we have that situation come up quite often, um, and I always tell them don't get in debt just because you got a big sell because you may not get another one for a while. And so you got to have some self-control. Well, you that's speaking negativity, that. isn't it? That's not being very positive. <laughs> yeah, it can hurt someone's feelings. It's mean. I mean, it's right. mean, isn't it? It's just mean. You're not cheering for them at all, Phil. I know. I know. Well, I know. guys, Sometimes. we're talking about how to push you know, through failure, okay? The four powerful principles. Now, this first principle, I want to hammer this, Holmesy. I want to get your take on this. Babies do not feel emotionally like failures when they fail to walk. Why does a baby not feel... I get so emotional. I can't. I can't walk. You know. And why is it that adults, they, they, when they learn a new skill, you, know, you take an adult to like guitar lessons, and you take a seven-year-old. A seven-year-old's like, oh, this is new. I'm learning a new thing, and they don't even process how bad they are. They're like, it's a new thing. Yeah. But you get an adult who's like, you know, 45, taking guitar lessons. They're like, freaking, hey, what is wrong with this guitar? These lessons are terrible. It's on a tune. See, talk to me about that. When do when when do we learn? The feelings of dejection and rejection. You know, I, one of the biggest and the most powerful lessons a fella can get wrapped around in his cranium, his brain, and that is to, is to be, and, and we, this world works as hard as it can against this philosophy, against this concept. I mean, it's all about growing up and being, towing the line and being an adult. Towing the and, line. You know, and you're, hey, welcome to misery because that's what we're all experiencing. Yes. And the advice is, is to be childlike. Whoa. And when you're childlike, you, you don't react. Like you said, it's beautiful how you said it. A seven-year-old and a, and, a, and a 27-year-old taking guitar lessons, they deal with the failure totally different. Why? Because the one is, is acting childlike. He's, he's acting innocent. He's acting like, you know, it doesn't, you know, hey, this is fun. This is it's exciting. Fabulous. I'm learning. Oh, I did a good note. Instead, the 27-year-old says, I did six bad notes, right. you know, and one good note. He's like, hey, I hit that right note. Being childlike in the way you look at things and the way you you um, interact with people throughout the day is very, people like that. It's, it's heartwarming. It's good. It's kind of like Forrest Gump kind of going through the day. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, here's what's kind of fun. Eric Chup, we have business coach clients that will reach out to us with this coachability, with this mindset of, hey, I want to get uh, my business to a different level. And one of the businesses we talk to, and then just an honor to work with these guys because they understand how to run a business. They're very successful as entrepreneurs. They just want to take their marketing to the next level. And so they reached out. They interacted with the show. And uh, we've been working with them as clients for, for quite a while. It's the Keystone Harbor folks. Yeah, yeah. Can you walk us through the no-brainer that you helped them come up with and maybe some of the big wins you're seeing and, and just kind of overall how, you, how you've helped them with the marketing? Yeah, they, they came in uh, and they had bought a brand-new fleet of rental, blo- rental boats and jet skis last year, and they didn't do very well. 
And so they were wanting to know, hey, how can we rebrand? How can we market these things? So we came up with some ideas for some no-brainer offers. They had their, their new boat fleet was 70% off on weekdays. 70% off on the weekday. Yeah, because they just sit there otherwise. And so getting them out there, getting people on the water and having fun out on the lake was worth it to them to do that. They also have um, some slide boat specials. They got a new boat out there that has two slides off the back. You oh. get up on the deck, have oh. some parties out there. So we got some specials on that. And then the, the main one that was working really well, too, was their jet skis. They had two brand new Sea-Doo's. Rent one for an hour, get another one for a dollar. And so people were just loving these a things. A dollar? A dollar for their second jet ski so the kids aren't whining about who gets to drive and all that kind Are of stuff. Are they getting a lot of leads now? They're getting a ton of leads. They're getting, uh, we checked, I met with them this morning actually. They had 44 leads last week. Sick. And how much That's money are they awesome. spending to get those they 44 spent leads? $250 total. $250 for 44 leads. Yeah. So, some, so under five dollars, four and five dollars. That almost seems that almost seems trickery. Was that magic? Ma- did it you use magic, magic to it do actually, that? It was magic. Oh my gosh! That <laughs> just seems. So where did you get? Where did you spend two hundred and fifty dollars? Because the people listening out there right now, you probably almost caused a car wreck. The guy's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> help me, help me! But that's what a business coach. That's what a business coach and a team like we have surrounding our business coaches can do for people. So right, we just break that down just a little bit. Because someone out there right now is just taking a bite of tuna salad, going, "What?" They spit going it all on? over the dash. Yeah. yeah. So we they're actually only spending $50 per ad, but we have five different ads running for all of their different no-brainers. And so really what we helped them do in the first couple months was break all these things down into actionable chunks. So like their overall goal was that, hey, we got all these rental boats. What do we do? Right. Well, let's put specials to each of them. Let's get people in them. Let's get that word of mouth going because it is a fun time. You have a Clay, you've been out on the boat before. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's a good time. The Keystone has a bad rep. It's a good lake. There's a lot of fun times to be had out there. So really, it was just getting people out there and increasing the traffic. And now they're doing, I think they did four but times were, more Were the business. ads on just online? Were you on Facebook. Uh, Facebook on fa- ads. Oh, Facebook yeah. ads. Okay. So we, we pretty much ran them all through Facebook. And, uh, and I think they've tripled and quadrupled what a great their value. business from last That's year. That's awesome. How well done, re- Eric. Well thank done. You, thank you, sir. Yeah. How many uh, Google reviews do they have now, roughly? They ha- I don't remember off the top of my head, but they're climbing. They've, they've put a real emphasis on gathering those from people that have been happy with the experience. Now, Phil the Thrill Pickle, you have a gift for all of our listeners today. I mean, you're a very giving guy. You're like the Santa Claus of financial planning. What's the gift you're giving away to all the Thrive Time listeners? Well, we're giving away our Safe Money book, which will help secure your retirement. And we're uh, if you go to our website, my anchor group dot com or call us at 918-591-2880 operators standing by oh uh, wow we'll get that out to you see he's got operators standing by That's standing odd. they're standing right. oh so they standing stand? they're not kneeling operators none of not. our operators kneel right. <laughs> <laughs> all right thrive nation my name is clay clark you're listening to the thrive time business coach radio show we encourage you to go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets for our next in-person workshop october 6th and 7th book your tickets now at thrivetimeshow.com stay tuned business coach And now, back to the Business Coach radio show that has a diary. Call the Guinness Book of World Records. Selling a dream. Smoking mirrors keep us waiting on a miracle. On a miracle. Thrive Nation, welcome back to the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio. And next to me, it is always ecstasy when he is here inside the box. It's Dr. Robert Z. Dr. Zellner, how are you, sir? I am fantastic. I tell you what, this this show is so encouraging 
because it's teaching people how to take a failure and flip it around and fight through. You know, we, we talked about earlier on the show about how many people hung in there for the years they hung in there for their business. And now they're such a big deal, you know. And so that's one of the things, you know, Forbes reports, Clay, that there's 80% of businesses that start fail. You can look it up. You can Google it. Eight out of ten, yeah. Just Google it. Just business failure, Forbes, boom. And Forbes is, a, if not the best business source, I don't know a better one. And so you've got to see that number and go, that's heartbreaking. And how many of those people, if they could have just hung in there, and you and you and and they say to themselves, they shrug their shoulders and say, I didn't know what to do. Well, guess what? Now you know what to do. Book your in-person workshop for next month. Go to thrivetimeshow.com. Show up. Let us go over the 13 steps of how to start and run a business successfully. And I promise you, if you're on the verge of saying, you know, I don't know how we can keep going on, you're going to find a few things you're going to say, that's a game changer. Here is the, here is the, the, the passion area I want to just hammer home for anybody listening right now. If you have a real product and a real service that solves a real problem for real customers, then we can really help you. That's all you got to do. A lot of real in there. You you have to have a real product and a real service. And I think so many people want to, uh, you know, uh, skip that part. You want to have a product (laughs) that people don't want and a service that people don't want, but you want to focus on the branding and the marketing, and that's hard to coach. That's, that's, That's hard to be a business coach for that. That's painful. And sometimes... You know, sometimes being a business coach is, is the hard truth of that. And so a lot of times you may say to yourself, you know, you've, you've gone to your uncle. Your uncle. Your, your mother. Your uncle's mother. And your, your grandmother and your Aunt Matilda as your think tank for your new business. Right. And they, and what did they say, Clay? Your Aunt Matilda looks and goes, oh, I think that's a great I idea. I think it's a great idea, Robert. It's so amazing. You've got a degree you, and a uh, certification. If you get a, cert- a certification, you could grow up and be great like your brother. <laughs> so a lot of times the people that are cheering you on really don't know oh, this is going to sound I mean don't know what they're talking about. And even on the college campus, like as an example, there is a a, a, a listener, a thriver who uh, he's he's uh, a gentleman, and I, I mean no disrespect. I'm just giving this as an example. I won't give any of the personal details, but he actually went to a major university right here in Oklahoma and got a certification in something that nobody cares about. Now, Uh it's a deal where because you have the certification, I care about you as a person, but now that you're top in Google for that particular subject, that doesn't mean that people want it. And it's humbling, and it hurts, and it sucks, and it doesn't feel good when you have something that you've worked super hard on that people don't want. But what you can do is you can pivot. You can pivot. You can make a slight adjustment, a slight change. And for the same reason that uh, I wouldn't get super emotional, uh, Z, if you and I and Phil Pickle were on Keystone Harbor, we're at Keystone Lake together, yeah, and uh, we're headed out there, and you say, hey, Clay, where, where are we going? And I said, well, Dr. Z, we're going to go out here to the other side of the lake, you know, and we're driving along, and then Phil says, Clay, you want to take the wheel for a minute? So I take the wheel on the pontoon, and then pretty soon we see a little branch sticking out of the water yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. and you say, Clay, do you want to pivot? <laughs> and I say, no, nah, no, nah, I'm all in, man. I'm committed. I'm committed. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I, I want to be as pig headed as possible with no, I'm not open to pig advice. I just want to thank uh-oh, you very much. Uh-oh, I'm just going to keep going. And, wow. and then I hit the, oh, and so you got to pivot, man. You got to pivot. And uh, hey, speaking of Keystone Lake, I heard of a great deal on, on jet skis. Why don't you rent one and then I'll rent the second one, okay? Yes, yeah, buy one, get one free. No, it's a dollar. I'll do I got a dollar. Oh, you oh, rent nice, one and then I'll nice. mine will just be a Skin d- in the buy. game. I Uh-oh. like this idea. Uh, I like this a, idea. It's a great idea. Maybe we, should, great idea. maybe we should pivot. Okay, so we're okay. moving on to principle pivot, number pivot. two here of how to push through failure. Uh, principle number two failure is critical for innovation to happen, failure is 
critical for innovation to happen. So Jeff Bezos, this is the CEO of Amazon. They just bought Whole Foods. He says, if you already know it's going to work, it's not an experiment. And only through er experimentation can you get real invention. The most important inventions come from trial and error, error with lots of failure. And the failure is critical, and it's almost... It's also embarrassing. So let me just explain something to you real quick, Thrive Nation. If you have a business like, if you're, if you're an optometrist in Tulsa, we, we can't uh, help you because we only help the Z. But if you are an optometrist, Z, let's say in Missouri, listening to the show, or Texas, show or state. you're a chiropractor in uh, Nashville, for instance, you're a mortgage banker in Canada, if, you, if you're not reinventing the wheel, we have a proven path we can help you on. But if you're like Jeff Bezos and you're trying to come up with, you're trying to be the first online retailer to go into all of the different customer categories like he does all the different product categories. Z, when you're in, when you're innovating, you just can't do it without some failure mixed along the way. Well, you can't because there's no blueprint, there's no path, there's no this is the known seven steps to do that. The seven steps the for seven being steps a, the best being online the best. retailer ever. Ever. Um they're just not the way it is. I mean, you're out there, you know, it's kind of like going through a jungle without a path and you got a machete. I mean, you may you may have to back up a few times and go, oh, I didn't realize what was on the other side of this tree. I just failed because I didn't see it. And that's what happens when you're innovating. You know, you're, you're going through the jungle and you're chop, 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 and pretty soon you end up and you're on a cliff and you go, oh, I went the wrong way. And you go back and then you go a different direction, right? Now, and, and that's the key. And that's what a business coach helps you do, by the way, Clay. We help you pivot. We help you pivot. Now, Thrive Nation, here's the, here's the deal. Principle number three. Principle number three here. Z, and as I was numbering this, yes, yeah, screwed up oh, all my oh, numbering. Oh, no, time so out, time out, time out, time out, time out. We're not, not going to talk about failure as a critical component, and I don't get to hear one of your great failure stories mm. with your one of your companies. I mean, come well, on now. I okay, mean, well, let me they're, get... They're, you had some epic ones. Let, let's let's go with the uh, the party rental company. I don't talk about that very much, okay? Oh, well, there's probably a reason why. So I bought this company called Party Perfect, party and perfect. Uh, Party Perfect uh, does tables, we chairs, party perfect. and linens. And, and Phil, my thought was, um, and Phil, as a financial planner, I don't know if you would advise your clients to do this, but I thought... Uh, you know, because I know a little bit about the industry and I'm buying it so low, I should just move forward. So just I thought it's, it's super cheap. I know the industry. Phil, as a financial planner, would you advise your clients, hey, you know, if you're buying low and you, and you know the industry, just buy without really diving deep into it. Would you, re would you recommend that? Uh, probably no. I would want them to at least uh, do their due diligence. And I thought I did. You know, I met the owner, shook his hand. Uh, looked at the financials two years from the accountant, looked at all the uh, goods, looked at all of the products, inspected them. Uh, but here was the problem. The reason why the company was failing is that everybody who worked there needed to be fired. Ah. Every single person. Yeah. And I didn't understand, Z, what I understand now about the velvet hammer and delaying firing people until the time is right. Uh oh! And so I see. I went in and the and, and see. I, I don't know if you ever feel All like this. All the China cabinet. But the the level of mediocrity was overwhelming. I mean, it was the deal of like I'm like, okay, guys. Uh, you know, we I just took over the company. Hey, day one, there's like you know 15 employees. We're gonna meet and we're gonna meet on Mondays at this time, and we're gonna establish just key performance indicators, just basic things, and we're gonna track on time deliveries, and we're gonna track you know our sales conversion percentages. I just want to start with those two things. Sales conversion, you know, what percentage of the leads are we converting? And on-time deliveries. Are we on like time bunch or not? A bunch of deer in headlights, I bet, at this point. They, well, we had one like, guy who, who not only is he, is he smoking in the building, but he's smoking during 
the meeting and he continues to try to light the lighter, you know, where he's just, he's at this, I don't ever, I'll never forget this. His lighter wouldn't light, you know, and he's like, just he's yeah. trying to get the thing to light. And the whole time I'm like, I'm kind of OCD anyway, but I'm like, could, could you, could you, could you stop the, the lighting thing? And I guess the way I said, it, he's like, oh, so you want to deliver the things yourself. I get it. So you're a new owner. And so you're, you want to deliver everything yourself. I, I get it. I get it. I, 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 I get you. And I, I'm like, Really? Wait, Do what? I have a chain smoker happened? who's arguing with me in the first meeting? And so I did the unthinkable. Z, do you want to predict what I did there? Because I did, I did a move. It wasn't a move. It was, it was something I did. It was a, it was a non-authorized move. But he was. Remember, the lighter's flicking the entire meeting. <laughs> He's not flick, paying attention. Flick, 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 and flick. then I asked him. He fired him right on the spot. I bet. That's exactly what he I did. He did a public hanging. Day one. Day one. Meeting one. Everybody's still trying to figure out what's just happening. And you do a public execution, bam, right there. And I said, hey, I don't appreciate you being disrespectful. Get the H out of here. So he's gone. And now I'm like. And you're like, I really did want to deliver everything, I guess. <laughs> so, I, well, so I turned to one of the ladies and I said, after the meeting, I said, hey. Uh, what does wh- he do? Yeah. Well, that's, that's going to happen. And she goes, he's the only one who has the delivery routes and they're all in his head. So basically, I spent the first probably day just waiting for people to complain. That we hadn't delivered it yet, and that's how I knew we needed to deliver. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's called. a great business plan, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Wait till they're irritated, yeah. then And rush so in. after we finally got that situation set up, we got a new delivery driver. Things are starting to go uh, better. Uh, we're standardizing the pricing. Many things are starting to go well. Uh, I found out that I wasn't aware of when everything was due, like uh, certain license, licenses and renewals. Yeah. And uh, the van gets pulled over. And the licenses are the licenses crazy expired the tag whatever I mean it's it's this thing is like impoundable and uh, oh, the officer no, that we no. that pulled over our driver you know our driver the new driver guy yeah, yeah. Um, he was a little surly and uh, he got pulled over and he calls me he's like hey the van just got impounded the the, the big van that delivers all oh, the goods no and so I find myself in the Bixby local court trying to get my van uh, trying to get my tags trying to deliver on the weekends, trying to stay married during the day, trying to just... And it occurred to me that buying a business is more uh, difficult than I thought for this particular business, but that I'm all in, Z, and because I have to be the chicken at breakfast and not just... Uh, I mean, the pig at uh, breakfast. I mean, the, the pig at breakfast and not, not just, just the, the chicken, chicken, because I have to be the, 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 the pig at breakfast. I, I don't have a backup plan here. I've got I've to stay the course. And so long story short, took me about year and a half, two years, uh, turned the business around, got to be very profitable, and then I was able to sell the business, and now uh, Party Pro and Party Perfect are one, and Party Pro is the main name today. But, Z, it was it was a two-year, it's probably 18 months of, of uh, just... Jackassery. It, it was awful. And it, was all, it all started with me not being pur- purposeful. I should have gone into the meeting, and I should have written it down and thought about it and thought... No matter what that guy says, because I knew he was going to argue with me. No matter what that guy says, I'm not firing him today. I should have said that, but I didn't do it. See, I didn't have that self-talk, man, and I fired off a shot. You, you got you to have that self-control. Phil talked about it earlier in the show. It's something we talk about all the time. And as always, you know, when you're young, you're a little bit more aggressive about things. You've matured. You've gone through some things, and you know better now. But the filter, you always run it through. What's best for the company? What's best for the business? You know, and a lot of times... Your pride or your emotions, you have to set them aside. And the plan, you, I mean, you may look at that guy right then and think, okay, you're fired in my brain, but I just can't say it right now because I need to get all the information out of your brain. I need to get someone hired to replace you. 
I need to get, you know, things going forward. And so I'm going to just smile and nod and say, I'm sorry. Do you want me to like that for you? Z, when we come back, I want to get Phil to share with us a story. Because obviously he's a successful financial planner now, and he has a lot of word of mouth and a lot of referrals and a lot of top-notch people in Tulsa call him for their financial planning needs. Uh, but before you kind of built the business, I would like to hear maybe maybe from this career or your previous career, maybe a challenge that you pushed through, you know? Maybe there was a time where, Z, the, the line was longer than he thought it would be at the state fair, and he was uh -oh, able to push right? through uh -oh. it. No, but seriously, I want to hear something from your career, like how you were able to push through. Because I think a lot of people listening today, you might feel uh, uh, stuck in a certain area, and just that sheer perseverance is usually, Z, the, the missing ingredient, just the ability to just push through that adversity. Yeah, and the, and the first part of that is understanding that, to know that it's going to come. When you open a business, you're going to have something you have to push through. And just already have it pre-booked in your brain before it gets hot, before the, you know, the smoke starts to rise, that you're going to push through it. And then you've already got your mind kind of wrapped around that. Thrive Nation, my name is Clay Clark. I am a business coach, and I encourage you to go to thrivetimeshow.com to schedule your one-on-one -on -one business coach assessment today. And back to the Business Coach Radio Show. That's more organic than Sprouts and Whole Foods combined. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Z. Get on those roller skates. On, it's an now. incredible, an incredible afternoon here, Z. I'm going to get my back hair permed. Oh, nice. I mean, the hair on the back of my head permed. That's kind of came out wrong. See, a lot of the Thrivers uh, haven't seen you in person. You know, they haven't got a chance to there's, meet there's you. There's a good reason for that. Well, they've heard your voice on the radio for 25 years. And I, I yeah. want to uh, ask you this question. And we're talking today about pushing through adversity. And, and specifically, we're talking about how to push through failure. I just want to ask you, when did you decide last week? I mean, when last week did you decide it was time to cut off that, that mullet and that 25-year commitment that you had to that flowing perm. I mean, when did, what time last week did you decide, you're like, that's it, you the, know, the inner just, Gundy, cut that off? You know, it's funny you just wake up and you just say to yourself, you know what, I've been, I've been having a mullet now for 25-plus years. It's been a good <laughs> run. It's been a good run, don't get me wrong. Right, yeah. And then you just look at the budget of how much it cost. You know how much it cost to perm that thing? Oh, man, it's unbelievable. It, and then, it was unbelievable. It was, really, it was really cutting into my bottom line. And so I said to myself, Okay, I could either have this flowing lock of mullet perm, <laughs> or I could have a new car. Well, you know? see, in a lot of people, what happens is they're worried about the sun's UV rays. They're worried about rays. And, and what happens is so many people are taking photos of the mullet as you, as you pass by them, and it flows by that flowing mane. Yeah. I think for your health, it's the radiation. It wasn't good. I mean, because you, you got to admit, Thrivers, if you're, walk, if you're at the fair and some guy walks through with a, with a flowing mullet, you're gonna get a photo of that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, speaking oh. of fair time, I had what I've got a great fair story. I got to oh, throw nice. out there. Yeah, sure. So years ago, years ago, you know, I always used to find activities to take my staff to, and we'd always try to celebrate a, a victory. And so we had a, yeah. a victory to celebrate. So I take them all to the fair, right? And we right. get to the fair. Is that a, is that a celebration to do it, that? It's a. We, <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I said, "Listen, we're going to do a little, a little game. Whoever sends me a picture of the most um, outlandish, most committed, a most committed." Fair outfit today. Yeah. 
of an individual is going to win 100 bucks at the end of the day. So they're taking photos of people without their knowledge. Whoever has the right... Send them to me. If it's the okay. same person, whoever gets it to me first, obviously, at the end of the night. Nice. You know, somebody could be so outstanding in their uniform. You're I ahead of your fair. time. This is before the Walmart photos. I mean, you're ahead of your time. You're, you're a trendsetter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, that's some good people watching at the, at the old Tulsa State Fair. It's I mean, a, oh yeah. it's unbelievable. Right. Now, Phil, I want to ask you, we asked you before the break, I want you to kind of tee it up for us. We're talking about pushing through failure and how to do it. Has there been a time in your career when you were first getting started where you thought, man, this is this is the worst, or maybe a job you had? What's, a, what's an example of you really pushing through some adversity? Well, I, I've got a failure story and also a pivot story. Oh, nice. Bring so, it. Wow. Early, early on in my uh, insurance career, I believe it was the year of 1992, mm. uh, we, uh, I was learning the business. Uh, specifically, I hired on with this company to do health insurance, mainly. Health insurance. Yeah, they owe health insurance. So uh, I was going along okay. Um, I wasn't lighting the world on fire. I was learning the business. But I had, uh, I'd worked with this one group, and it was a car lot. In uh, Joplin, Missouri. Okay, yeah. And uh, they had about 60 employees. It was going to be a very big group health deal for me. The big kahuna. Right. And I'd spend hours out there going to all the different lots and meeting with all the employees and sitting down and doing the applications. Do you remember what time of year this was? Were you like in the fall? Was it the summer? Do you, do you remember? If, if not, it's okay. I just want to know. It was It was uh, late fall. Late fall, 1992. So the Blue Jays could have been playing the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. It very, could have happened. Okay, back to you. Very sorry. possible. Very okay. possible. Uh, so um, basically, I got it all done. I had built some great rapport with the owner. Oh, yeah. I was in for a big payday that would keep paying because, you know, I got something every month. Every oh, time this, is, this is going to be huge. Did I mention I was straight commissions? At straight this point? commissions. Right. You're, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, then there was this little thing called underwriting at the time. Oh, yeah, underwriting. Um, right. And they could turn down group health business that they didn't want at that time. They can no longer do that. But. At that time, they could, and they decided because there was a premature baby born on this group that uh, could or may or may not cost them hundreds of thousands that they turned down the whole entire group. So they denied the entire group for a pre-existing con condition. Basically. They decided they, the, the insurance company decided they didn't want to sign off on the liability, right? And they bailed. And you're 100 percent commission. Oh yeah. So and I've been working on this thing for months. So you returned all the new clothes you bought and the big right, car you right, got and exactly. the jumpsuits yeah. and the leisure suits yeah. and all the, <laughs> all the different moves you'd done, huh? I luckily hadn't done that, but no. I can't say that I didn't put, pick up the one-ats. Oh. Oh. I, was, uh, I, was I was a little discouraged, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. And I'm like, all this work, and I get nothing. Nothing, so, yeah. So I pushed through. However, you pushed through. And uh, remember, I signed on with this company for health insurance. Right. And they were the second largest health insurance provider at the time when I signed on. And then there was uh, some discussion going on by uh, this lady named Hillary Clinton. I don't know if we recognize that name. or Never heard name. of it. Never, never heard of her as, as never, much. I don't yeah, know. She was talking something about nationalized health care. Oh. You know, oh okay. yeah, still doesn't ring a bell. Kinda, still yeah. ring a bell. Um, within eight months, uh, this company that I signed on to do health insurance and was the second largest health insurance provider in the nation was going out of the health insurance business. Going out of the health insurance right, business. Right, right. Well, I'm like, who? So you went from the bottom to the really bottom. Right, right. Okay, yeah. But then I pivoted. You pivoted. Because they came out with all these financial products, and that was the direction they were going. So now we're doing investments and, you know, mutual so it's funds. the same company. And, right, same company. Wow. They pivoted with me. And uh, 
that just uh, is where I needed to be, and I took off like a rocket. How long ago was that, my friend? It's a ni- 1992. Right. And you've been uh, doing financial planning since that time, is that right? That's correct. 25 so, years. But 1992, that was the bottom for you. It was. That right. was the great submarine. <laughs> the beginning was the bottom. Z, do you have a, a crater moment in your career where you thought, oh, man, this right here, this right, this is the carp are down here eating the poop of other fish, and you're somehow looking to eat that carp where you thought, man, this is a time, this is, I'm at the bottom of the bottom of that bottom. Yeah, it was June of 1996. Mm. Mm. You want to know what happened? I do. It was the only job I was ever fired from. I had opened a practice next to iMart Express, and then the owner of iMart Express had hired me Moved me down to Dallas, and I became the president of iMart Express. And you I were the president in 1996. Oh. 95 to 96. I was there for 364 days. Um, I won't go into why I was fired one day short of a year. Contractually is all I'll say. But uh, I was fired from that, and I remember going, are you kidding me? It's just, what, huh? And I buckled down and came right straight back to Tulsa. Take me back to Tulsa. I just got fired. Take, Take me, me back, back to Tulsa. Tulsa. I, I just got, got fired. I've got a little bit of red, honey. I'm going to compete with you. I got a little bit of red. So anyway, I was I was not You happy. were hot. I was I was hot. I was coming in I was coming into Tulsa hot. <laughs> coming in hot, folks. And I buckled down and we had an epic 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 capitalistic entrepreneurialistic, you know, ballistic battle. ballistic battle. Not going to end up a failure statistic. That's right. And I tell you what, it's some you know sometimes when someone hands you a bunch of lemons, I mean you can cry about it and run you know and <laughs> what an apple. That's or you can turn that in. bitterness into betterness and get <gasps> yourself motivated. That's right. And if that doesn't help, you can always get get a um, a, a perm on oh, your yeah. mullet. No, <laughs> I thought you were going to say protest. Z, you have this ability to oh, no. turn the the haterade into fuel. I want you to do it. There's a there's a way you do. We come back. I want to hear a little bit more about how you're able to take that negativity and to turn it into positivity. What your maybe the self talk is you're saying to yourself. What do you say to yourself? What do you, what do you pay someone else to say to yourself? What do you do? <laughs> how do you keep yourself encouraged when you're at the bottom, staring it? in the face of a carp? My name is Clay Clark. You're listening to the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. the business coach radio show that is the equivalent to a venti starbucks latte with 18 additional shots first things first i'm gonna say all the words inside my head i'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been oh the way that things have been oh second thing second don't you tell me what you think that i can be i'm the one at the sale i'm the master of my seat I was broken from a young age, taking my soak into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache, from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lesson from the brain, seeing the beauty through the... Thrive Nation. Today we're talking about how to push through adversity, how to push through failure. And before we went to the break, Dr. Z was telling us about the year of 1996, the same year 
that the Yankees beat the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. Wow. You got fired, my man. And when you got fired, you got inspired. But I want to know, how did you do it? What kind of self-talk do you do even to this day? What did you say to yourself to encourage yourself when nobody else was encouraging you? How would you do it? Before I do that, though, you know in the intro, which I love all your new intros you have, by the way. Very clever, very done. Are you going to do any more of your rap intros? I've got you, a lot more I'm working coming, on. That you're coming, but you're, they're, you're, they're, you're more, they're, more, they're more personal, the oh, new ones. Oh, so, yeah. Well, you could do one for Pickle, you know, here. I mean, that's, The Phil the Thrill Pickle. Well, the, yeah. new, the new ones are actually going to be based off of actual, you know, there's some comedic ones. But the new ones are going to be more based on, like, real things that I actually do feel. Well, you know, it's funny because we talked about that that shot you know, eighteen shots in that in that drink. Yeah, was that just a random number you came up with? Yeah, because you know what? That's why golf has eighteen holes. Did you know that? That's the story. The 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 urban legend behind golf. You know why it has eighteen holes? Why is that? Because there's eighteen shots in a fifth of whiskey. <laughs> and so they would they would back in the day they would they would play a hole. Um, take what a shot. hole are we on? Where's the ball? And then whenever the, when the fifth when the fifth was empty, they'd be like, I guess we're done playing golf because you think 18 is kind of a random number. I have to ask you this. I mean, I'm just saying. I have know? to I have to ask you this because this is a, a funny story. I, I'm not a golfer, but I got asked a to golfer? play music um, a lot of times at these golf tournaments at the end okay. of the tournaments at Golf Club of Oklahoma specifically. Okay. And I noticed that a lot of the guys that would golf, no specifics. No specifics. None of our listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I noticed that a lot of the guys, by about the 12th or 13th hole, the carts would be driven so erratically. And they yeah. had these beverage ladies that come out and bring out beverages. And yeah, I a, lot of gator, a lot of Gatorade, because it gets hot out there on the court. And, right? I, and mm-hmm. I, I don't golf, but I just noticed, I looked at one of my, the, the, the uh, guy I was DJing with, and I said, hey, man, are all these dudes hammered? And he goes, they usually are. I used to work at a golf course. <laughs> I guess that's a thing, though, that you drink quite a bit while golfing. It's kind of like, kind of like when you fly somewhere. You know, you've got so much anxiety. You know, it's a lot of vodka cranberries. And yeah. then, you know, it's kind of. I didn't like, know that like was that a thing. Is yeah. that normal? Is that normal though for people to that, consume that, a lot of that, alcohol while golfing? That, that is a culture. I mean, that happens. Not everybody that golfs is, you know, likes to Im- imbibe and you know their beverage of choice. But, but I, I noticed like it was very, 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 very common at these tournaments. It's very. Com- I just said my. It, it seemed like about I'd say forty percent of the golfers were. Unaware of what hole it was by about hole 15. Well, they like to refer to it, I think, as swing juice. It uh-huh. loosens you up a little bit. And it's actually, I think it's a medical term. You know, it's, uh, right. it's prescribed. I mean, I think there's usually doctors on the course prescribing. As a non-optometrist, I did not know it was called swing juice. Yes. Uh, but now I, I know I'll write that down in my yeah, medical it's, journal. It's not alcohol. On, right? it's, it's swing juice. And I think it does it does affect, you know, your, your swing a little bit. So how do you get you inspire yourself? Okay, you just so got yeah. fired. How do you do it? So so you, you, go, through, you, you go through the grieving process. People under, don't understand what grief is. Grief is is when you have a change. A change. Okay? A change. A change. And so the first thing is you have denial. I mean, I remember going, he did not do that. Uh, I mean, are you, are you kidding me? When you say denial, are you talking about the river in Egypt? Yes. You have to fly out to Egypt. You visit the, the big tall things called the pyramids. Oh, nice. And the guy with the dog face. That's uh, important. Dog face. And then you right there by the... No, denial, denial. is just saying it didn't happen. <laughs> and it did happen. Okay. So the first thing is you have to come face to face with it and go, that happened. That happened. That happened. This is the thing. And then the next phase is in grief is you get angry. You get angry. I mean, you can get t- ticked off. You might say, ah! <laughs> <laughs> And then the next one is sadness. Sadness. Like, what am I, I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh. Really? My income just ended. My paycheck's over. My things, my whatever it is. You know, they said this. They must mean that. I mean, now you're sad. And this right? is what happens is that when you're in that sad phase, what I've found is that you're at the office and you can't get uh, the stapler to load. You can't you, get the stapler to load. You want to put the stapler. And people say, Phil might come up to you and say, could, could I help you with that? And I say, <laughs> you know, 
know, and that's when you know someone's sad. Yeah, now there's someone sad. There's right at the surface there. And then you kind of, in your mind, you kind of go through this thing where you do like, like you do deal making. Deal making. You know, you're kind of like, man, if they would have done this, would have done that. If I do this, I'll go back and get it. I'll go back. I know I'll go back and I'll get back. I can go back and back in the time. I just say this and do this. And roll over and expose my soft underbelly. I get my job back. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's, I'm going that's back in. Deal. I'm going back in. Going, you know going. It's back, a misunder. Back. It's a misunderstanding. <laughs> and uh, you know, and then you get to the beautiful phase of grieving. Grieving. Which some people take longer than others. And what happens is you bounce back and forth between all those phases at different times. In other words, you can be sad. You know, once you get into angry, it doesn't mean you don't ever get angry again because you but, do. But hey, but Bros, if I'm going to ask you this, because okay. you okay. you're pretty good at this. How long do you allow yourself? How many days? How many minutes? How many months do you allow yourself to grieve? Because I do know people who still talk about horrible things that happened to them 15 years ago, yeah. and they use that as like. The timeline, they point back and say, everything yeah. was great back, back then, then until. until I got fired, and now you know how it is. So, I mean, how long do you give yourself to get over a catastrophic, eventus monumentous? Well, I think what happens is as you mature and as you get older and as you go through different grievings that you've had to do, you get better at it. And if you're purposeful about it and really understand what's going on, and that's why, like, listening to what I'm saying right now, you're kind of going, oh, that's what that is. You know, I... Yeah, when when my buddy had that bad car wreck and passed, I, I you know I'm still thinking about that or get angry about that or get sad about that. I hear a song and it still triggers something. So the, the the loop has shortened quite a bit in my life, and so now I can get through things much quicker than when I was a young man. It's just the way it is. And then the fifth or the last step, I should say, Clay, I was going to get to is acceptance. Acceptance. And when you get to acceptance, then you are free. Your mind is free for you to put it in overdrive and go on to your next thing. And that's the thing about it. You asked me how, how you take that and you flip that, that haterade into gatorade into motivator aid. And what happens is, is, is you don't dwell on it. You dwell on when you get to the acceptance of it, then you dwell on how, what am I going to do now? Now, what are my options? What am I going to do? And then you focus on those with blinders on your head and you go, you just go straight forward. You know, uh, Napoleon Hill, the best-selling author, uh, he has a lot of comments about pushing through failure, and so does Conrad Hilton, the guy who started the Hilton Hotel chain. Uh, uh, Conrad Hilton says, success seems to be connected with action. Successful people keep moving. They make mistakes, but they don't quit. He says, success seems to be connected with action. Successful people keep moving. They make mistakes, but they don't quit. Now, this is a guy, Conrad Hilton, who tried to buy a bank and uh, it didn't work out so well. He tried to buy an oil and gas uh, business. It didn't turn out so well. But he's in town, and he noticed that there was a hotel that uh, the owner of the hotel wasn't very happy with the hotel. And he wasn't very happy, Conrad, that he couldn't buy the oil and gas, get into the business that he wanted to. And so he talks to the hotel uh, owner and says, hey, you know, I can kind of lease purchase this from you. Oh. While you go pursue your visions of uh, oil and gas, I'll just run this hotel. And here he was, a guy who had not done well in the oil and gas business or in the banking business, who bought a hotel with essentially no money down. And who knew Who knew that would become his uh, dominant area in his life is the Hilton Hotel chain was born right there as a result of Conrad Hilton failing in his two previous careers. It's awesome. You know how it, just because you failed and, and every great entrepreneur has failed and just because you failed, don't give up. Thrive Nation, we come back, we're going to talk about the final two steps that you need to take to push through failure as an entrepreneur. And let me tell you what, if you're not failing occasionally, you're not doing anything. Stay tuned, it's the Thrive Time Business Coach Show. Get ready to enter the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170.
All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the conversation. Today we're talking about how to push through failure, how you specifically can push through areas of failure in your life. Now, principle number three, principle number three, overnight successes have a way of uh, kind of a tendency to take 10 years. 10 years? Well, here's an example. Uh, FedEx. You know, FedEx, the FedEx guys? Well, guess what? He had the idea to build this business in 1962, and here he was in 1971 just getting the company uh, going. And in 1975, he finally made a profit. Another example, Amazon. Jeff Bezos started the company in 1994, and a full decade later had still not made a profit. Another example, Turner Broadcasting. That's, uh, uh, you know, that'd be um, CNN, that'd be uh, TNT, TBS, those guys who used to own the Atlanta Hawks and the Atlanta Braves. Um, that station didn't turn a profit for nearly nine years. ESPN, which everybody watches ESPN, well, ESPN didn't make a profit for almost, almost 14 years. Tesla Motors did not make a profit from 2003 to 2013. And the bigger the goal, the bigger the idea, the bigger the, uh, the, the big vision, the longer it seems to take to make a profit. And I just think so many people, you're comparing yourselves to magazine covers, Z, but you're not comparing yourselves to the struggles that the people on the magazine covers went through. You're comparing yourself to the guy on the cover of Forbes going, yay, I made it. You're, t you're comparing yourself to the success and not to the stress. Z, break it down. Why, why should we not compare ourselves to people at the finish line? And why should we compare ourselves to people who went through, who, who kind of, you know, more, more we, we really should be comparing ourselves to the, the kind of stress that all these top achievers went through. Well, the, the problem with that is we all, as a, as a society, we celebrate the victories. And we should. Victories are awesome, and we cheers. Yeah, woo, 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 woo. But the idea, though, that we have to then say, hey, listen, they didn't get there overnight. Here's their story. That's why I love to listen to old Paul Harvey back in the day and the rest day. of the story. And now you know no, the rest of, of the, the story. story. Page so, two. So the idea is, is that we love to see the finish line. We, love, we, we like that picture and that image. But the reality is, is that the work, the failures, the critical things they had to go through, the mistakes they made, all those things, which, you know, nine times or eight times out of ten, according to Forbes, most people go, that's it, I can't do it. I can't do it. That's it, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of money. Hold it up. Some, go get some more. I don't have any customers. Go find some. I don't know how to market. Yes, you do. I can't afford to advertise. Here's, here's the one. I mean, that, here's, oh, the, here's, the on. one here's the one that oh. gets me fired up. We're in a culture right now where everybody has some kind of mental disorder that people will validate. So as an example, oh yeah, I am naturally, if you had to classify what are you, I would say I'm naturally OCD. Meaning that if you touch my stuff, it freaks me out if I let it. If you're not organized, it freaks me out if I let it. If things don't get completed, they'll freak me out if I let it. And then if somebody else listening to the show right now, and people have told you you have ADD. So therefore, you don't read books. You're like, oh, I just have ADD. I, I got ADD. Oh, and, and, I, I'm OCD, so I just can't start a business, you know, because I, I have OCD. You know, I, can't, you know, I, can't I, I got ADD. ADD. And then there's someone else says, you know, I just I don't do well with rejection. And then there's people out there that will validate you. So I want to get your take on this, Z, and Phil's take on this. But you know, we're in a culture now where I'm I'm serious. Everybody could say you have some kind of issue, which you could use as your excuse for not doing well. In life, everybody has one. Well, that's that's our big thing right now. That's the politically correct thing is to put a label on everybody. We got to get a label on them because we know nobody out there is mentally one hundred percent sound. So Absolutely. let's let's find the label. 
and let's get him a medication for it. It's an anger problem. Let's get him. Let's get it. Let's 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 you know it's a problem, and let's let's talk about that. Let's you know let's focus on the problem. Robert is OCD. All he wants to do is make things perfect. All he wants to do is just he keeps you know when he comes in my house he he straightens my picture frames. You know it's just it's weird. I, I just, don't think he could be but successful. I, mean, I think there's a lot of people out there that have bought into that crap. Somebody's told you that well I, you're just too ADD to read a book. You know I, I and I and I hate that. I I'm a big believer in. You know, speak positive things over people. You know, coach them up, uh, encourage them, edify them, build them up. Instead of sitting there hammering on them about a, a, a problem they may have or something that they may kind of fail towards. Like you just said. I mean, Clay, you said it beautifully. You said, I, if I let it. Yeah, if, if I, I let if, it. If I let it. By if default. I let it, if I let it. And by giving them the label, by telling them they have the problem, by patting them on the back and saying, you know. You it's okay. You're situation. just not You're good. giving them permission to go ahead and react through that problem. You're giving them permission to say, well, Clay did that. I told you he's OCD, and you should have touched his stapler. And now look at him. He's over there banging his head on the wall, screaming, <laughs> and he's looking for I probably his blowgun dart to shoot you. Now, I, mean, I want to I I ask you this question, because you see a lot of people who come to you at myanchorgroup.com, and they are people who need financial planning. They're in their 30s, in their 40s, and you meet them, and they say, yeah, I just have a hard time saving. You know, I'm just, I have a problem with spending. How have you been able to help some of your business clients to learn the discipline of delaying gratification and saving money? Well, we, we automate their savings. And what I mean by that is we automatically take the money out every month, and they get used to it not being there, and it continues to happen, and they're okay with it. So you automate the savings. You make, help them make a one-time decision to take the money out automatically and you're saying they don't even uh, miss it over time right right they get to the point where they don't miss it and then we can put more back and and it uh now the next step is they got to leave it alone when they start pile, seeing it pile up there's a a book called the automatic millionaire that totally hammers home the validity of your system there it absolutely works and by the way phil what's the book you're giving away for all of our listeners today it's called uh, safe money and income and uh, you can get that by going to our website at myanchorgroup.com, or you can give us a call at 918-591-2880 right here in Tulsa. Now, see, the final principle I want to teach on today's show as it relates to pushing through, pushing through failure, is you want to be the pig at breakfast. And this is a concept that you have developed, and you want to be the pig at breakfast and not the chicken. Can you explain to the Thrive Nation what this concept is all about and how it can help you push through Failure as a business owner. It's kind of weird. I mean, picturing yourself as a pig versus a chicken, you're kind of, this is weird. Is this, is this some kind of animal thing? Well, what happens is, is that if you think about breakfast, and you've got a nice plate there, you've got maybe some hot biscuits and gravy, you've got some bacon, oh, you've got no. a couple scrambled eggs, or maybe eggs over easy, you know, however you'd like your eggs. Your grandmother's got her curlers in. Yeah, you know, and if you're from Latin America, you might even want peppers in your eggs. Oh, I, you want you peppers know. in your eggs? I mean, you nice. could. I don't know. You, whatever, yeah. whatever you'd like. But the point is, is that the pig gave his life. He was totally committed to breakfast. You got ham, you got bacon. He had to die for you to have that. I know it's, I know it's sad, but that's what happens, okay? And the chicken, he lays a few eggs. In other words, he's like, I'm a little involved. You know, I'm going to contribute a little bit. Just a little bit. But a little bit, you know. And maybe tomorrow I'll give you another egg. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm going to think about it. Mm. I'm going to pray about it. I mean, you know. And so the idea is, like in, like in Napoleon's book, Yep, think and grow rich. Think and grow rich. One of the best books out there. You've got to read that. Read oh, if, that you, if you didn't, if you didn't hear our, our shows on the books, you have to read as a business entrepreneur. You've got to, you've got to download those podcasts and listen to them. Thrivetimeshow.com. I mean, they're unbelievable. We have six, and then I gave you a bonus seven. A I'm bonus a, seven. Because I'm a big into bonus. 
Um, but the point is, is that the chicken then is just kind of involved. And I know a lot of business owners are like, well, if it works out, if things go well. I'll see if you get some traction see, before I decide it. if I want to stick around. Right. You know, and, and, and you know, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. You know. I believe. I remember when I was building this newest uh, business of mine, the, my auto, Z66 auto auction. And you can look at the pictures of it. It's kind of a cool place. Z66AA.com. Great drone footage. Great place. Your, your commercial on the website's awesome. Monty's looking fresh. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And so, I, anyway, I, I remember I sat down the team and we're getting ready to, you know, get open, kicked off. And, and uh, we're not open yet. And I sat down and I go, man, guys, you know, hey, everybody sit around the room. We have officially turned the corner from, I hope this works, to it has to work. And they what just looked at me mean? like, what does that mean? I'm like, we have no room for failure. We have no room for what's our plan B. We had no plan B. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so you have to have that mindset. You have to be all in. You have to take your chips and shove them all in the middle of the table, And boys you're betting and on yourself because you're self-employed. So don't ask other people to care as much as you, and don't be offended when they don't. And that was a hard thing for me to learn well, is that all word. these people who said they're going to come help, hey, I'll be there for you. If you need anything, I'll be praying for you. They didn't actually come to my aid, and you just got to understand that you must seize the day. Now, Thrive Nation, we have four valuable tools that can help you right now. Four valuable tools, and they're all available at one place. First off, if you're looking for the archived broadcasts, you can find it by going to the podcast button of thrivetimeshow.com. Never miss an episode, and make sure to subscribe. If you're looking for a video vault of thousands of videos taught by some of the world's top entrepreneurs, you can find those as well at thrivetimeshow.com. If you're looking for a one-on-one, 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 you can find a one-on-one business coach to help you today simply by going to thrivetimeshow.com. You can schedule that free 13-point analysis. And finally, we see we once a month we have these in-person Thrive so Time workshops. And we're starting to develop people from all over the country who are coming back for workshop number two, workshop number three. You're going to be surrounded by top-level entrepreneurs. And if you want to read the reviews, and I know you do, just type in Thrive Time Show reviews and you can check out the reviews. Go to thrivetimeshow.com today to book your tickets. And as always, Dr. Z, I'm a business coach and three, three two, two, one, boom! Business coach!